The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mind Valley podcast. As you guys know, I love bringing to you guys some incredible thought leaders in really specific topics, topics which are actionable, topics where you can take the knowledge that you are listening to on this podcast, during your commute, on your way to work, apply it directly in your lives or the lives of loved ones and see remarkable results. And the person I'm talking today is a man by the name of Dr. Josh X, and you've probably seen or heard of him on the web. He is the founder of an incredible supplement brand called Ancient Nutrition. He is the creator of Dr. X.com, that's D-R-A-X-E.com, which has 14 million visitors a month looking for healthy recipes, herbal remedies, nutrition, and fitness advice. He's a doctor of chiropractic, a certified doctor of natural medicine, and he started a functional medicine center in Nashville, which grew to become one of the most renowned clinics in the world. Now, he is also a remarkable author of several books with ridiculously catchy titles that I love. The first one is called Eat Dirt, Why Leaky Gut May Be the Root Cause of Your Health Problems and Five Surprising Steps to Cure, and published in 2017, Essential Oils, Ancient Medicine for the Modern World. And his new book is called Keto Diet, Your 30-Day Plan to Lose Weight, Balance Hormones, and Reverse Disease. Welcome to the podcast, Josh. Hey, thanks for having me, Vishen. Excited to be here. So there are so many things we could be talking about. You are an incredible brain. You know, I would Google things on supplements, on nutrition, and your website would always show on the front page. And that's really how I stumbled upon you. I was like, who is this guy who seems to have the secret pact with Google? You're everywhere. Yeah, you know, I love writing articles and I love putting together great content. And so that became a passion of mine. You know, I started actually off by just writing a newsletter for my patients. I would hand out the physical form. And then I had a patient who said, hey, can you start posting these online so I could email it to my relative and, you know, North Carolina or another area. So I just started posting them online and then it continued to grow from there. Now, you have such a wealth of knowledge, Josh, but there is something about your story that I find extremely intriguing. And that is how you went deep into this study when your mother 20 years ago was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I know it was a really difficult situation for you, but it's amazing how you went deep into the study and how you then used your brain, your mind, your knowledge to help your mom. There are so many of us listening right now who are worried about our health. I have several dear friends in their 50s and 60s who are going through a tough time right now. And many of us listening might know someone who might be going through cancer. And I think what you're going to share here with the story of your mom is going to be beneficial for so many people. So I'd love 
tequila mall? Yeah. So for myself, you know, my family always grew up sort of into fitness. And so my mom, even growing up, was my gym teacher in elementary school. She was a swim instructor. My dad was a weightlifter and a semi-pro water skier. So we thought we were really fit. But at 40 years old, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I was in about eighth grade at the time, you know, just a kid. And I remember getting that news and just how devastated we were and even more devastated as she went through the conventional medical treatments. You know, my family as well sort of grew up in what I'll call the medical system. You know, anytime we were sick, we went and got put on medications, antibiotic drugs, And we knew nothing about diet and nutrition, just didn't have a clue. And so when my mom got that diagnosis, she went through all the conventional medical treatment. She went and had a mastectomy. She went through rounds and rounds and rounds of chemotherapy. And I can still remember this day seeing her hair fall out. I remember looking at her and thinking she had aged 20 years in two weeks and just saying to myself as a kid, there's got to be a better way. And, you know, praise God, she went through all those treatments and eventually was diagnosed as being cancer-free and healthy. But the problem was after her cancer-free diagnosis, she actually seemed like she was sicker than ever. My mom was later on diagnosed with depression. She got put on antidepressant and anti-anxiety medications. She started struggling with chronic fatigue syndrome, hardly had energy to get out of bed, had hypothyroidism, and just continued to sort of go downhill. And I think in one of your books, you wrote about how it seemed to you as that young kid that she had aged 10 years in just a few weeks following chemo. It did. It really did. And I just remember looking at my mom and thinking almost, who is this and how did this happen? And yeah, it just seemed like she had aged rapidly. And so, you know, this went on for 10 years of her being this sick and tired. And then finally, actually, I was inspired to go on and become a doctor because of seeing how sick my mom was. So I was in school a year away from opening my own practice and graduating. And I got a call from my mom just bawling on the phone. She said, I've got bad news. I've just been diagnosed with cancer again. And she said, what do I do? And I've been really fortunate at the time to have some amazing mentors and doctors that were more in the integrative and functional medicine space. I knew some natural oncologists. I'd spent you know, a lot of time researching and learning about nutrition. And so I said, mom, I'll be home. I flew from Florida where I was in school back to Ohio where I grew up. And first we sat down, we just prayed together and we decided both. And she wanted to take care of herself all naturally. And so we sort of put together a plan and I called the physicians I knew at the time who had expertise. I spent hundreds of hours just researching. And so I put together a plan for her to fight cancer. She started juicing vegetables every single day. We had her start doing certain herbal supplements and medicinal mushrooms like turmeric and reishi. We had her start building peace in her life too. You know, that was another big thing for her is that she had a lot of emotional stress. And so my mom started horseback riding, which is something she did as a kid. And we also had her do a lot of visualization. And actually we had her repeat both healing verses and meditations into this tape recorder. And then she would listen back to it every morning when she woke up and every night before. But I love that you're looking at such a holistic approach approach. And I love that you brought in visualization. I've been reading a lot about the work of Dr. O. Carl Simonton of the Simonton Cancer Research Institute on imagery therapy for cancer. Yeah. And I was reading a lot of the same research and talking about, hey, the really powerful benefits of visualization and mindset when it comes to beating cancer. Because again, when you have a family member like this, I said, we're going to do everything we can. And so she did lymphatic drainage massage. She did all kinds of things. And we just really took care of her. Well, we did this program for four months. And at first, the oncologists were saying, we think you need to go and do surgery and radiation now. That was their advice. But we said, we're going to go all natural. We did that for four months. And we went back to her oncologist four months later in Columbus, Ohio. 
and they redid a CT scan and they called us and their exact words were the next day, this is highly unusual. We don't typically see this, but your tumors have shrunk by more than half. The largest tumor was 2.5 centimeters. It's down to 1.2. They said, we want to see you again in nine months. She went back nine months later and almost complete remission at that point. And today it's actually been 13 years since then. And my mom is in complete remission. Her and my dad are retired. They live on a lake. In fact, just a few months ago, I was there visiting them and she was water skiing and she's ran several five mile runs with me in the past few years and got second in her age group. And she's uh, about to turn 67 here this year. Dude, she actually says she feels better now in her sixties than she did in her thirties. And so, you know, that was really a powerful testament to me of the power of using natural means, everything from diet and supplementation to visualization and prayer to help somebody heal. And again, she's doing great today. That's really wonderful. And what I love about that is that so many people underestimate the power of food as medicine. One of our authors on Mind Valley, Marissa Pierre, she has been diagnosed with cancer twice and she's healed herself twice. And one of the funny stories that she shares with me is that she finds it ridiculous how when you're in a hospital in the United States, you go for chemo. And when you come out of chemo, they serve you a Coke to help you recover. Now, Marissa says that she helped get out of cancer again through food and going completely off sugar. That was one of the first things. Of course, yeah. there are many more steps to it. Now, in your case, I would love for you to break down to us some of the approach that you took your mother through, because I think it's going to be just so useful to so many people listening. Yeah. You know, I was doing my research. There were several things that were very evident to me. One of those things is you've got to get people completely off sugar, as you're saying, carbohydrates. And I actually came across a study that was titled The Keto Diet for Cancer. And so as I started reading this, I'm like, at the time, this was 13 years ago, I was aware of the keto diet, but I didn't know all the research about cancer. And so I started seeing that, wow, this is really powerful. And so one of the elements of my mom's diet was it was very low carbohydrate. Now, very high in vegetables, herbs, and spices, but very low in carbohydrates and higher in healthy fats and amino acids. And so in a way, she was sort of on a keto diet. And so that was one aspect. The other thing is I started reading a lot about Gershon therapy and Gershon therapy incorporates typically drinking multiple glasses of vegetable juice a day. And so what I did is sort of remove the foods or the vegetables that have some sugar content like carrots, remove those. And I had her start doing a vegetable juice every day that was sort of a combination of celery and cucumber also things like parsley and cilantro, spinach and chard, ginger and turmeric, and things like lemon and limes. And that was a big part of sort of her vegetable juice she would do every day. Let's come back to that for a second. Firstly, that vegetable juicing, for those of you who are part of the Mind Valley community, it probably sounds a lot like the Alkagizer, which is the wild fit drink that so many people in our community drink. So you're saying strictly no sugars, meaning no carrots and no fruits too. Well, I would say really the only carbohydrates she had were from berries. She did some blueberries and raspberries. And then she also would do some beets and she may eat a few carrots here and there, but really outside of that, that was almost the only really carbohydrate. She had zero grains whatsoever in her diet. It was a lot of vegetables, herbs, and spices, some berries, and then some things like wild-caught meat, a little bit of wild-caught salmon. And then she also did something called the Budwig meal every day, where she would do this sort of fermented goat's milk kefir that was high in probiotics and mix that with some flax seeds and flax oil was another thing that she did. I see. Okay. So the first thing is going off sugar and supplementing that with the Gershon therapy, that's spelled G-E-R-S-O-N therapy, and that is basically multiple 
glasses a day of vegetable juices. The second thing you said is the Budwig protocol. That's spelled B-U-D-W-I-G for those of you who want to Google it. Tell us more about Budwig. Yeah, so Budwig was all the way about getting more healthy fats in the diet that were rich in sulfur and really supported the health of what's called your cellular membrane. We know if we're going to heal that we really want to support your body, every area of the body, including your cells. And so the Budwig therapy is sort of a way to re-energize and support your cells. And this was developed by a really amazing woman out of Germany. Her name was Joanna Budwig, who created these cancer therapies back in the 1950s and 60s. And so, you know, we really incorporated, when I looked at her diet, there were components of sort of like keto diet meets Gershon therapy meets Budwig protocol was sort of our big focus. But if you look at the general meals, it was a lot of vegetable juice. It was a lot of things like salads with wild-caught salmon and lots of healthy fat. And then, of course, the Budwig meal there as well. But that was a big part of her diet. So what you wrote is that Dr. Budwig found that consuming a mixture of cottage cheese Flax seeds and flaxseed oil had the best results. When cottage cheese, which is rich in sulfur protein and saturated fats, and flax, which is high in electron-rich unsaturated fatty acids, are combined this way, your body is able to absorb these vital nutrients easier and quicker. Yeah, we know, and this is an ancient principle. If you look at Ayurvedic medicine, you know, I use the tagline, food is medicine on my website, but Ayurveda was the best at doing what I would call meals or medicine. They really understood when you combine one herb with another, it has a powerful impact on the body. I'll give you an example of this. You know, there's an ancient recipe for turmeric golden milk or turmeric golden tea, and that's basically a blend of turmeric plus warming spices. The blend was called trichotu, which was a blend of black pepper, long pepper, and ginger, and then healthy fats like ghee. And especially in Asian or Middle Eastern or Indian medicine, one of the things they did in a lot of their supplements or herbal teas is they would add in fat from either coconut or from ghee or from another source. And we know that every cell in your body is made up of fat, the entire outside. So when we're consuming even vitamins and minerals today, there are clinical studies showing that eating certain types of healthy fats increases your nutrient absorption and actually helps repair damaged cells in the body. And so that's really what the Bugwood protocol is all about. And actually it's cottage cheese, but to a degree it was actually called cork, which is more of a like kefir meats cottage cheese. But either way, somebody could use cottage cheese or with my mom, we used kefir. But with that, you're getting the omega-3s from the flax. You're getting the healthy saturated fats from the cottage cheese. And sort of that blend together, it's really sort of the fats that our cells are missing because most people aren't getting enough anti-inflammatory omega-3s and also not necessarily enough you know, healthy saturated fats as well, which is primarily what our cells are made up of. That's amazing. And you know what? I just put in Budwig Protocol on Google, and I find that almost all the sites coming out, right, are talking about it in relation to helping heal cancer. CancerTutor.com, MedicalNewsToday.com, CancerResearchUK.org, TruthAboutCancer.com. So it seems that in that community, a lot of people are looking at this seriously. Now, you wrote the book on fats, essential oils, ancient medicine for the modern world. And, you know, fats can get a little bit confusing. What would you say are some quick tips we should remember? Yeah, so a few things. Let me talk about fats, and then we'll jump into essential oils, which are lipid-soluble oils. You know, the first thing is 60% of your brain and your spinal cord and all of your nerves are made up of fat and cholesterol. I think fat sort of has a bad rap. Here's the other truth, too. Even from a metabolism standpoint, our bodies will store sugar and carbs as unhealthy body fat way before it would ever store 
the fat you consume as body fat. So really fat is essential for our neurological health. It's essential for our hormonal health. In fact, a lot of hormones are sort of what we call steroid or lipid based. And so if somebody wants help with their thyroid levels, their cortisol levels, their melatonin levels, their estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, any of those hormones, you've got to be getting healthy fats in your diet. And fats also make up every cell in your body. And so the truth is we've got to get more healthy fats in our diet and you've got to get the right type of healthy fats. Omega-3 fats are one category. Medium chain triglycerides from coconut, another fantastic area. You know, the monounsaturated fats from things like olive oil and almonds and avocados. And those are some of the main fats we need. Now, essential oils are one of the most powerful forms of plant-based medicine. They were used sort of first, I would say, by the Egyptians and also oftentimes the Jews. You read about that a lot of times in the Bible. Actually, they're referenced more than 300 times. We know that Cleopatra used them. We know they're referenced in Greek and Chinese medicine. So all that being said, essential oils are where you're taking the fat-soluble compounds concentrating them, especially the very small ones. So essential oils, like we use these with my mom, we used frankincense oil and myrrh oil. And actually, if people go online and look up frankincense and myrrh cancer studies, you'll actually find some studies on the benefits of frankincense and other oils such as myrrh at fighting cancer. And so we actually use those topically with my mom and diffuse them around her house every single day. But yeah, I think essential oil therapy, and we use these as a massage therapy for her. She would go and get lymphatic drainage massage, and they would use many different oils on her, including lavender. They would use oils like oregano. They would use oils like lemon oil. So frankincense and myrrh, the only time I remember really reading about those was like in the Bible. But how are those applied to the body? So essential oils come in sort of these small bottles. And it's funny, that was my first reference as well before I started reading, you know, the medicine is the three wise men brought the infant Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But frankincense and myrrh, even in those days, were used as natural medicine. So anyways, typically what you're going to do with the oils is take about five drops and rub them. I tend to have people rub them on their lymph nodes on their neck. And actually, the thing is, they're so small, too, they actually get into your system very well, even topically. But that's the most common way to use essential oils is topically like that. But another thing people can do is, because they're so small, is you can inhale them. And so having a diffuser going around the house, my wife and I, we have diffusers all over our home now. We have one in the kitchen, our bedroom, I have one in the office here. And so we'll just diffuse them as well, just around the house regularly. But you can use some essential oils, not all of them. Like you don't want to do like wintergreen or some of the fur, the tree-based oils internally, but using ones that come especially from herbs and spices like turmeric oil or ginger essential oil, those oils are great for internal use actually. Great. So I know in your writing, you said that Dr. Budwick recommends frankincense essential oils. And you also said that new research trials highlighting frankincense's potential cancer-fighting abilities are filling medical journals. You also said specifically, I believe you recommend Indian frankincense, which is Boswellia serrata, and that it has been shown clinically to be a potentially effective treatment for brain cancer, breast cancer, colon cancer, pancreatic cancer, prostate cancer, and stomach cancer. 
Yeah, you know, there are several types of frankincense. Frankincense Carteria is another one that's out of India. There's also a frankincense Farina, and that frankincense is actually typically out of Oman. But yeah, typically the essential oils, frankincense grows best in the Middle East and India, and actually certain areas of Africa, Northern Africa. But yeah, it's a really powerful uh, cancer fighter that's been used for a long time for fighting disease. And one of the reasons they work so well, especially let's give you an example with myrrh oil. Myrrh oil is super bitter. And a lot of these bitter herbs have a lot of viral and parasite and essentially cancer fighting properties as well. You know, today in our diet vision, most people get like mostly sweet and salty. When the flavors we need at fighting most diseases tend to be more bitter foods or some sour foods. But, you know, we don't get a lot of bitter and sour, like sauerkraut and green apples. Blueberries are somewhat sour. I mean, they actually activate the liver. Sour foods do, and so do bitter foods. That's one of the reasons why they're cancer fighting is the liver is responsible for detoxification. And when you consume bitter foods, if you taste almost any herb straight, whether it's oregano or cinnamon, there is a bitter element there, but that really has a lot of those sort of powerful anti-cancer properties. Mm -hmm. Now, I know we're talking about cancer and helping naturally heal cancer, but do some of these ideas that you're sharing, would they also apply for people who are suffering from Alzheimer's or Parkinson's? Yes, and especially when we go the keto route and your body getting into ketosis. Now, originally we hear the word ketosis. If somebody does fasting, which we know in different world religions, fasting is followed at certain types of the year. Fasting has a lot of benefits. When your body gets into ketosis, here's what happens. Your body runs out of carbohydrates to burn for energy. So it starts burning fat for energy as its fuel source. And there are many studies, if someone would go online and Google keto diet for Alzheimer's, or keto diet for dementia, you'll see there are many studies proving the efficacy and benefits of going keto because what happens when your body stops burning carbs, starts burning fat, your body breaks down those fats into what are called ketone bodies, which it then uses energy, but also your brain will sort of use it to repair itself and regenerate itself. And so for that reason, the keto diet is the most powerful for cancer. In fact, in my recent book that's just being released, I actually have an entire keto diet plan for cancer, but also a keto plan to regenerate and heal the brain. So with the brain, as I mentioned earlier, 60% of your brain is made up of fat and some cholesterol. That's why you want to get rid of the carbs and you want to load up on those healthy fats to sort of give your brain the building blocks and that fuel source it needs to repair itself. Fantastic. And that book is Keto Diet, Your 30-Day Plan to Lose Weight, Balance Hormones and Reverse Disease. It's coming out February 19 by Little Brown and Company. You know, one of the other things as we were talking about this is, you know, I lay out sort of everything my mom did to beat cancer in the book, every supplement she took, every herbal mushroom, every natural practice. And so we sort of lay out a lot of specifics there too. And you know what? I'm so glad you're sharing this. This is personal to me in some way. One of my friends, part of my team is going through Parkinson's right now, and I'm trying to help him do the research and figure out how he needs to change his diet because we all know food is medicine and it isn't emphasized enough in our hospitals. And what you're sharing right now is just so important to me, so important to so many people. Yeah. You know, one of the things I would have them look up to vision is just stem cells. One of the things I think that can be critical for healing the body is supporting your body's own stem cells. Your stem cells, they're produced by your bone marrow and your bone marrow will send these cells to go and regenerate an area. Now, most of the time our bodies have too much inflammation to really recover. But when you follow, let's say a keto diet, 
and really do a keto diet that's anti-inflammatory. So there's like a right and a wrong way to do keto. And so the keto should be a lot of vegetables, herbs, and spices. You know, there's a compound in turmeric called turmeric, especially turmeric CO2 extract or turmeric oil that actually has been shown to help regenerate nerve cells in the brain. So one of the best things anybody could ever do with Alzheimer's or Parkinson's is not just take turmeric powder, but buy like a turmeric essential oil or turmeric oil. Start doing that daily. A few other herbs that I think are great for Parkinson's and Alzheimer's are going to be lion's mane mushroom has been shown to help with something called nervine growth factor and nerve regeneration. And then herbs like bacopa, I think are also powerful, but those would be some of the top ones that I would have people look into, especially the turmeric oil, the lion's mane coupled with a keto diet. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now you mentioned stem cells. You were saying that in relation to people who might be suffering from Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, right? Well, it's those two conditions if we're talking about neuroregeneration, but also this is for people with even injuries, athletic injuries. In fact, a lot of people with things like disc herniations can benefit from this. Somebody that has torn an ACL in their knee or has, you know, hip issues or any type of chronic joint pain from an orthopedic perspective, I see a lot of doctors who are getting into the field of what people call regenerative medicine and actually injecting stem cells or platelets back into an area sort of re-supporting the healing process. So it can actually be done for even things like autoimmune disease. I've seen a lot of people with breathing issues, like any type of breathing issue, seeing really good results there as well. Fantastic. Now, for those of you who are listening and want to go learn a little bit more about stem cells, check out the Mind Valley Talks YouTube channel. There is a remarkable talk there from Dr. Harry Adelson. He's the guy who does stem cell therapy on me and on Dave Asprey. Really good guy, Park City, Utah. So we put him on stage at AFES. The talk is called How to Use Stem Cells to Expand Your Lifespan. Harry Adelson, wow. that's spelled A-D-E-L-S-O-N. So going back to natural remedies for cancer, there were a couple of other things, really fascinating stuff that you speak about. We've so far covered getting off sugar and Gershon therapy. That's number one. The Budwig protocol, number two. Frankincense essential oil therapy. That was number three. Keto diets, number four. And the next thing that you mention in your writing is something called proteolytic enzyme therapy. So proteolytic enzymes essentially break down inflammation or inflammatory proteins in the body. And that's one of the key things. No matter what somebody's struggling with, we want to reduce inflammation. So proteolytic enzymes are found in several fruits and then some herbs. So for instance, proteolytic enzymes are found in high amounts in the core of pineapple, not the flesh on the outside, but the core. And one of those is called bromelain. And it's been shown to eat up inflammatory agents that are in your body. There's another one in ginger called zingerberine, which is highly anti-inflammatory. And then a few others in papaya, there's papian and figs, there's fysine. But one's in ginger and actually even in miso, there's natokinase. But you can buy a proteolytic enzyme supplement. You're going to take it on an empty stomach. But doing high doses of proteolytic enzymes, these are studies, I believe, out of Germany have been shown to have some really powerful anti-cancer benefits as well. But in general, if you want to get some of those enzymes, doing loads of fresh-pressed ginger, such as ginger juice, turmeric juice, as part of your veggie juice blend, that you're going to get a lot of enzymes that way as well. Okay, and proteolytic is spelled P-R-O-T-E-O-L-Y-T-I-C, enzyme therapy for those of you who want to Google more into that. Now, number six is vitamin C chelation. Yeah, so vitamin C and other chelation therapies are really powerful both. It's sort of like 
a lot of people are nutritionally bankrupt. They're bankrupt in vitamin C levels. They might be bankrupt in vitamin D levels. And so vitamin C chelation is loading up your body with vitamin C. Now, vitamin C is also very oxygen supporting. It's collagen and regenerative supporting. And so what you can do is actually do an IV of vitamin C gets throughout your entire bloodstream and actually has the ability to kill off some cancer cells. And so vitamin C chelation is another thing that some people decide to do. Now, this has done everything for fighting cancer. And also a lot of chelation therapy is done for detoxification. If somebody's been exposed to heavy metals, mercury, lead, oftentimes they'll do different chelation cocktails. If somebody is very deficient in B vitamins, like vitamin B12, it's also done this way as well. But chelation therapy is a more advanced detoxification therapy. And it was something really my mom just did a few times. I think we focused more on a lot of the other therapies, but it is a powerful form of treatment, especially for later stage cancers. So it's something to look into, but it wouldn't be one of the key things. I think it depends on the type of cancer. I have a friend who has a daughter who was diagnosed with essentially a tumor on her kidneys, and they're actually doing a lot of chelation. So I think it depends on the type of cancer, but for some people it can be really powerful. And if you look at some of the you know most prominent cancer clinics around the world, many of them do use chelation. My mom used it a few times, but today a lot of people will use it as a key component of their cancer therapy. I see. I see. Now, probiotic foods and supplements, what are your recommendations? I think this is a big deal. Most people are not getting enough probiotics, and we've heard the principle, you are what you eat, but truthfully, you are what you digest. Many people are not absorbing and digesting properly. In order to absorb and digest better, most people need to be getting way more probiotics in their diet. And so probiotics, both as a supplement or dietarily, from a food standpoint, sauerkraut and kimchi, any sort of fermented vegetable of any kind, kvass, you know, fermented vegetables are really where you want to start. You want to get lots of fermented vegetables. I also love fermented soybeans that are organic, like miso and natto, specifically miso and natto are really a sort of a key component of the diet over in Asia, has a lot of probiotics, specifically bacillus subtilis is one of those probiotics that has, I believe, anti-cancer properties, but immune boosting properties. And that's the other thing with probiotics. We've heard that 70% of our immune system lives in our gut. What makes up our gut immunity for the most part are probiotics. One of the reasons people get cancer, weakened immune system. So if you strengthen the immune system, you're going to be able to fight cancer more powerfully. So I would recommend people eat a lot of fermented vegetables along with doing a high-quality probiotic supplement that specifically has what are called SBOs, that's soil-based organisms. So searching for a soil-based probiotic or just go online and Google or Amazon or wherever you buy or go in a health food store but look up SBO probiotics. Those are the sort of probiotics that we find in the soil today. You know, today we consume our fruits and vegetables that are sprayed with chlorine. They're kind of like shiny. Whereas historically, like if we go out and buy carrots at our farmer's market today or just at a stand, there's little brown specks on our carrots. Those are actually soil-based probiotics that help you break down and digest your food and carrots. So anyways, if you're buying a probiotic, because we're almost nobody gets that in their diet anymore, I recommend a soil-based probiotic. We have an obsession with cleanliness, sometimes to the detriment of our yes. health. So your book on that is called Eat Dirt, Why Leaky right. Gut May Be the Root Cause of Your Health Problems and Five Surprising Steps to Cure. Check that out, guys, if you find this topic interesting, Eat Dirt. Now, in terms of probiotics, are supplements useful? 
Because I've read studies that say that they don't have much of an effect. Yeah, I really believe they do. And let me clarify this. Supplements are for supplementing your healthy diet. I've seen people before in Vision, you know that this can happen to where people, they're saying, I'm going to keep eating what I'm eating, but I'm just going to take a supplement and that's going to fix it. Now, remember, supplements are kind of like the 20%. Diet's like the 80%. We want to focus on diet and then supplement. But a lot of supplements today that I recommend, they're actually foods or they're herbs themselves. And so when I'm talking about supplements, especially when we're talking about fighting cancer, Turmeric's a food, right? I mean, it's a spice that's been used for thousands of years for health. And so turmeric is my number one there on that list. Loads and loads of turmeric, 1,000 to 3,000 milligrams a day, whether it's turmeric juice, turmeric herbal tea, turmeric oil, but getting lots of turmeric. The other one I'd say that has a lot of anti-cancer properties is black seed or black seed oil is another great one. This was used widely. It's very bitter. That's why it has a lot of those anti-cancer properties. So I'm a big fan of that. As I mentioned before, I do think probiotics can play a role, but I think the herbs and spices are the supplements we want to focus on. And then in some cases, vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc have immune boosting and supportive properties. And then last but not least, medicinal mushrooms. You know, these were used, in fact, Rishi and TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, was known as the mushroom of immortality. And what's really unique, Vision, too, if somebody would go online and Google Rishi mushroom and then click on images, One of the things you'll notice is it looks identical to your kidney. It looks just like your kidney and adrenals. And this is a Chinese medicine principle. If you eat a food that looks like an organ, it supports that area of your body. Think about a walnut. It looks like a hemisphere of your brain. Think about carrots. You cut them in half. They look like an eye. And clinical studies now prove carrots have beta carotene, so they support your eye. Walnuts have omegas, which support your brain. So if you want to regenerate your adrenals and kidneys, and even part of your immune system, reishi mushroom is a really, really powerful mushroom that's used throughout Asia right now for natural cancer treatments. That's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so I'm going to do a quick recap for people who are listening. We spoke about getting off sugar and Gershon therapy, Budwig protocol, number two, number three, frankincense essential oil therapy, number four, ketosis, number five, proteolytic enzyme therapy, six, probiotic foods and supplements, seven, turmeric, And you also mentioned curcumin. And number eight is something you've spoken about and written about, sunshine and vitamin D3. Basically, we need vitamin D. It's a big part of our immune systems. Ideally, people would get outside 20 minutes a day, get some sunshine. But on days we don't get sun, using a vitamin D supplement can be powerful. That's awesome. So there you have it. Those are eight different things to look at in terms of food and supplements. Now I want to ask you, couple of questions about a couple of other things which I think you explored with your mom. One was oxygen therapy and hyperbaric chambers. Yeah, you know, we did some hyperbaric chamber with her, and it really just supports the oxygen supply in the body. And I do think that there are lots of different treatments out there, but it's one of my favorites. Now, this is also used with a lot of children who have ASD disorders or autistic spectrum disorders, and it really just sends a lot of oxygen to your brain which can help with tissue regeneration healing. So for that reason, that's why we did the um, hyperbaric chambers with her. I see. So that's something to look into. But would you say it's a key part of what you did? I don't think so. I think more if, let's say, somebody has a neurological issue or let's say trauma to the brain or any type of needs oxygen to the brain, for that reason, it's really powerful. But I would say more specifically for neurological and brain health. But it can be used for cancer for sure. So let's talk about a fun one, prayer. 
and building peace. You mentioned prayer, you mentioned meditation, you mentioned imagery therapy. I would love to hear your thoughts on how these approaches have helped. Yeah. So, you know, again, when it came to my mom and I want to be respectful, I know everybody has different religious and personal beliefs here, but for me, you know, my mom and I are big believers in God. And so that's who we turn to for guidance and healing for her. So that was one thing, you know, when she was first got her diagnosis, the first thing we did is we prayed and we asked for wisdom and guidance. We asked for healing for her. So that's really where we started. And then we also realized sort of the power of the mind. I'd read research about visualization and fighting cancer. And so one of the things we did with my mom was, is we would have her for like 15 minutes every morning and at night practice visualization. Here's some things she would visualize. She would visualize her T killer cells and cells in her body going and gobbling up the cancer cells and destroying them. She would literally picture her cells killing those cancer cells. She would also picture herself 20, 30 years from then running on the beach, playing with her grandkids, bringing them to Disney World, all the dreams, all the things she wanted to do with my dad eventually, with us, with her grandkids. She would visualize that over and over again. And along with that, she looked up some Bible verses. She had some positive things she said. She wrote them all down. And then she got a tape recorder and she said it herself over and over again, sort of these healing verses and it lasted about 10 to 15 minutes. And then she just had it on a tape recorder every morning when she woke up, she listened to it every night before bed. And the other thing she practiced was really this attitude of gratitude and praise. She would wake up in the morning and she would just, you know, praise God. She would just thank him for just all the good things in her life. She just got really grateful and got in that right mindset. And listen, Vision, I think this is really important because the cancer industry today is all driven off of fear. People make decisions based off of fear. And there are actually some studies out now showing that if people are told they have cancer, whether they have it or not, if somebody's told you have six months to live, they might die in six months, whether they actually have the disease or problem or not. And so that's why getting in that right positive mindset, I want to switch gears here for a second and also say this too. People don't realize how important emotions are. And this is a principle of Chinese medicine. But when you experience a specific emotion, it causes disease in a specific organ. For instance, the emotion of fear builds up disease in your reproductive organs kidneys, adrenals, and bladder. And think about this. If somebody gets really scared or a child gets really fearful, they can wet the bed, right? Or they can urinate themselves because fear causes dysfunction of the bladder and the reproductive organs. So if somebody has a lot of fear, it may cause infertility. It may cause other hormonal issues. If somebody has worry, it causes an upset stomach, right? If somebody's studying for an exam or worrying a lot, it can actually cause them to get an upset stomach. If somebody has a lot of grief, it actually causes immune system issues or depression, causes disease in the colon as well as the lungs. And I'll give you an example, Vision. I had a patient years ago, a mom whose daughter moved off to college. Her and her daughter were best friends, but then she hardly saw her daughter. Well, she developed an autoimmune disease because she was grieving still two years later that her daughter was off at college and she'd never really dealt with that. And so, again, every emotion we can experience causes disease in specific organs, like anxiety causes disease of the heart and the central nervous system. And then anger, frustration, unforgiveness causes specifically disease to build up in the liver, which we know is important for detoxification. So anyways, all that being said, I think both that combination of prayer with my mom, but also going back, my mom dealt with a lot of fear and worry. And we sort of also addressed that and worked on with her being able to overcome those negative emotions. You know, and there's actually a lot of research on this right now. So firstly, 
gratitude, right? What you spoke about in terms of your mom waking up and just being grateful for the day. So many studies have been done on gratitude. And right now, gratitude of all human characteristics has the highest correlation with well-being. It's now proven by science, right? And then what you said about the mind and cancer. So, you know, you mentioned something earlier, which reminded me of a study I wrote about about 15 years ago. It was uh, by a doctor by the name of Dr. Bruno Klopfer. In the 1950s, a new cancer drug had come out called Crebiosin, and it was being tested by the AMA and the FDA. And Bruno Klopfer, he had a patient, Mr. Wright, who was suffering from cancer of the lymph node. So he had these lumps all over his body. So Mr. Wright, name changed, of course, came to Klopfer and was begging him for the drug because he knew Klopfer had this drug. So Klopfer issued the drug and Mr. Wright, even though he was so sick, within seven days was able to get out of bed and even fly his private plane. His lumps, his cancerous tumors disappeared across the body. But here's the crazy thing, right? Two months after the first treatment, a report came out showing that Crebiosin had failed the drug test and really had no useful benefit against cancer. Immediately, Mr. Wright redeveloped lymph node cancer and within two more months was dead. So Mm. believing that Crebiosin was a miraculous cure caused his cancer to disappear. When the research came out showing that it was really not much, the lymph node cancer reappeared, killing him in a matter of months. It shows how powerful the mind can be. Now, what you said about prayer is also really interesting. I know some people dish prayer. I believe in it. And there's actually been numerous studies that show that prayer actually helps in healing. Again, we can't explain why, but it helps. And in that particular study I read about, it wasn't important what was the type of prayer. They had Native American shamans, they had Christian priests, they had rabbis, they had Muslim imams, and all of it worked, right? It wasn't the religion. It wasn't that one religion or form of prayer was better. It was rather the belief that there is a higher power taking care of us, watching after us, and that this higher power wants us to be well. And whether you're praying to Jesus or you're praying to, you know, Native American higher power, it all seemed to work. So definitely, I do want to encourage people to look at these things seriously. Now, one more thing I wanted to add, creative visualization. I was teaching that for several years. Dr. O'Carl Simonton, Simonton Research Center, did numerous studies on creative visualization. It doesn't help in all the cases, but in a good deal of cancer patients, between 5 and 7%, it was able to cause cancer to go into spontaneous remission. You can Google O'Carl Simonton. The approach he was teaching came from the Silva method. I used to teach the Silva method. So if you Google creative visualization, there's actually a lot of my work that appears on the web. I put up a couple of free classes on creative visualization for healing. Just Google creative visualization vision and you'll find them. But I'm so glad you brought that up because I love it when we talk not just about food as medicine, but the impact on the mind as well. They are so interrelated. So just to wrap up in the final few minutes we have, do you have any closing words for people who might want to start looking into these treatments? Yeah, the first thing I would say is don't get overwhelmed and come up with a plan. I have just a few resources for people to check out. One is, again, I have a book, Keto Diet, just came out. And so this book, I go through a 30-day plan to beat cancer 
with nutrition as well as other conditions. I have a plan for weight loss in there. I have a plan for neuroregeneration for the brain, a plan for hormone balance. So I go through and lay out the exact eating plans, the supplement plans, the mind plans in the book Keto Diet. And you can find it nationwide in bookstores. You can just find it on Amazon.com and check it out there. And I think they've got a big discount on it right now for the next couple of days. But you could check that out. And the other thing, you know, as we've talked about cancer, I have done some videos with my mom, some Facebook videos, and also written some articles on a lot of what she did. So just look up Dr. Axe Cancer Plan, Dr. Axe Mom's Cancer Plan, because I do have some articles that people may want to check out because we covered a lot of different treatments. And so, but if you want to see it practically, like even in the book, I lay out what she did from 8 a.m. to, you know, 9 p.m. You know, I lay out every glass of tea she ate, every supplement, the time of day, all those things. So that's in the book, but also, you know, I've talked about that online on YouTube and other videos too, if people want to do Google searches. But the big thing is I would say, have a plan and follow it. And that piece on gratefulness vision, that's so good because I just think anybody in general, whether it's fighting disease or quality of life, as you mentioned, you know, I wake up every morning and I do what I call my spiritual triathlon. And I spend my first five minutes in praise and gratefulness, just being grateful. I spend five minutes sort of reading a personal growth book or Bible or something that's going to help me grow. And then I spend five minutes in prayer, meditation, visualization. Even if I don't have a lot of time, but just that 15 minutes every morning, I mean, it's a game changer for my day in life. So if people want to do something great to start their day doing kind of what I call my spiritual triathlon is a powerful way to start the day. But I really appreciate you having me on. You know, I heard you speak several years ago and mentioned a lot of your core values at Mind Valley. Also heard you talk about visualization some, and it was just impactful for me. So I just wanted to say I'm really grateful for you having me on the show. Thank you so much, Dr. X. Please check out Dr. Josh Axe's new book, Keto Diet. I'm buying several copies for friends of mine whom I know are going to have such incredible gains from this. And by the way, you know, the book isn't just for you if you are ill. The book is for everyone. Keto diets are amazing and ketones have incredible benefits to cognitive performance as well. It literally makes you perform better at work. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Josh. It was great to have you. Awesome. Hey, thanks for having me, Vishen. Have a great day. Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.